This is the John Oakley Show podcast. It is a great day for talk radio as we hunker down for hour three. A great day for talk radio involves talking to our friend, Dr. Brett Belchetz, who is the global news radio medical expert. There was a story out of Quebec City on the weekend when uh, a boxer in the light heavyweight division actually sent to hospital. He's now in a medically induced coma, swelling on the brain and all the rest of that. Uh, it's led many in the medical field to say, now's the time. I mean, finally, let's get our heads on uh, wrapped around this in a nice way, I mean, and uh, correctly that this is something that ought to be stopped, boxing. But, you know, the sweet science, twas ever thus. Uh, people have been, you know, in this uh, fine art of pugilism. But we'll see what Brett has to say on that matter and, uh, and more. However, uh, I did want to address something that we talked about in hour one, and it had to do with insurance. As a matter of fact, we just had uh, broached briefly the uh, issue as well with uh, the case of this uh, guy who went on the van rampage down Young Street back in April of the... Uh, well, earlier this year, and he was in court. And uh, what is really of interest is the whole civil lawsuit claim and whether or not these people would be made, well, whole in part are uh, compensated for the horrific injuries they suffered as a result. There's the criminal case, and then there's, of course, civil lawsuits. And yet there's an interesting uh, story surrounding insurance payouts, which may not be coming because allegedly this was all done intentionally. And uh, that's the interesting talking point we'll get to shortly. On the other insurance front, though, we had addressed something that's come out of the uh, Aviva insurance operation. There's new polling data on public awareness about insurance fraud in Ontario. And to break it down or unpack the entire study, Chris Lang has joined us. He's the senior project manager with the Aviva Fraud Project. Chris, good to have you on the Oakley Show. Hi there. Hi, John. Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, listen, uh, it's kind of, this is only the second occasion, I guess, that you guys have published this data, right? Correct. This is actually our, our second annual fraud report. The inaugural version was published last year. Um, and it was really initiated out of recognition of the size and severity of the automobile insurance problem, which Aviva Canada estimates costs Canadian consumers over $2 billion per year. Uh, obviously, that's no small amount. Um, this year's report, uh, we actually narrowed the focus to Ontario, where uh, premiums are among the highest in Canada, and fraud is actually a huge problem, particularly in the GTA. So we surveyed customers in Ontario to see um, what they think and know about fraud and what they believe should be done about it. Um, and there were some really interesting takeaways. Um, so for the first, for the first part, um, fraud awareness is up. So more and more Ontarians are aware that unchecked fraud, fraud puts upward pressure on their insurance premiums. Secondly, um, most fraud goes unprosecuted. Um, currently, there are only a handful of charges related to insurance fraud that are laid by public authorities like the police each year, and perhaps only a subset of those um, actually result in, in sentences, largely because the police and Crown attorneys simply don't have uh, the resources to attack fraud on top of all the other types of crime that they have on their plates. Let me just stop you here for a second, Chris, because I wanted to uh, back up and address one of the initial points you made, where over 50% of Ontarians believe that 25% of claims are fraudulent. And this is just yeah. a perceptual thing. But yeah. it's got to be based in some type of reality, though, right? Well, I, I, absolutely. And, it's, and it's, it's eye-opening in the sense that it speaks to the fact that not only are consumers are aware of, uh, are they aware of fraud, um, but they, their perception, their belief is that it's pervasive. 
uh, and that it's it's uh, you know uh, it's being unchecked uh, across the industry. That's the call to action uh, in my mind for for Aviva Canada and for other insurance companies, and indeed the the broader the broader group of stakeholders that this is a fraud the, the fraud problem is one that we need to address. Yeah, and the reason I asked you at the outset, uh, this being the second year, because in year one uh, there's been a perceptible leap in terms of number of people. For example, 88 percent of Ontarians think that auto repair shops inflate the cost of vehicle repairs. A year ago, in the initial study, that was only 77%. So that number has been bumped up. It's almost unanimous that people think they're being defrauded at the auto repair shop. Yeah, it's 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 quite telling. And, uh, you know, I like to think that an undercover investigation we did and released earlier this year called Project Bumper uh, has played a, a big role in that. Uh, if, for any of your listeners who haven't heard of it, uh, it was essentially uh, an undercover investigation to uh, substantiate uh, what happens uh, with tow trucks, uh, with body shops, when uh, a consumer is involved in an accident and take their vehicle to a body shop for repairs. And the results, needless to say, were were eye-opening in that we identified, uh, you know, deliberate additional damage being added to vehicles, uh, you know, the inflation of, of repair costs. Uh, nine out of ten claims involved in that investigation involved some element of fraud or another. So, uh, needless to say, it was shocking, and I'm sure that that's driving a lot of that sentiment that you talked about. Yeah, and then when you say Canadians are paying $2 billion a year out of pocket for costs associated with different types of fraud, uh, insurance isn't covering that? How, how do you mean paying out of pocket? Well, so the, the insurance industry's rate setting is is closely regulated by by provincial governments. Um, and within the context of that environment, when the cost of claims increases, uh, the premiums drivers pay increase as well to ensure that there's enough funds in the pot to pay for the claims uh, of the honest uh, uh, drivers and accident victims who need them. The, the problem is when, when that, co- that increase in the cost of claims is worsened or even in some way driven by uh, unchecked fraud, what happens effectively is drivers are effectively paying for claims uh, which should never have occurred in the first place. So they're effectively subsidizing fraudulent claims, and that simply isn't right. Well, you do say uh, on a per capita basis, drivers in Ontario pay the highest auto insurance rates in the country, and you've got that figure pegged at $1,428 per driver. Uh, that seems like in some cases that's light. Uh, you know, there are, uh, I guess younger drivers in certain postal codes are paying more than that, if I've heard correctly from their complaints over the years. But uh, that's fourteen hundred twenty-eight per driver on average, right? Yes, and that's and and to your point, uh, that is an average for Ontario. So it reflects uh, all uh, um, you know urban and rural areas within the province. Uh, as you can probably appreciate, those rates are generally higher in urban areas, and they're mu- generally much higher in urban areas like the GTA, where we have uh, such a high population, uh, high population, a high volume of traffic, and frankly, a, a high concentration and degree and frequency of fraud. Yeah, you know, the other thing we had talked about, about, uh, I don't know, a month or so ago, I guess some uh, politician up there in Brampton was trying to get a change in... Uh, Postal code premium pricing, feeling that you know they're inordinately suffering from that. Uh, what's your response to that? 
Well, I, you know, I, I think there, there are a lot of ongoing discussions uh, at the, the, the industry level amongst insurers with government, with regulators on uh, solutions to uh, or possible workarounds to the fraud problem. Um, you know, that's pro- possibly something that's come up one way or another. I, I honestly can't say for certain for my part. Uh, what I can tell you is that we've we've got we've put forward as part of this report uh, two workable solutions uh, that we believe are, are short-tailed and can can be uh, in, uh, implemented relatively quickly, and that'll uh, drive immediate value and benefit for consumers. And what would those be? Um, well, the the first would be the establishment of new provincial insurance fraud offenses. So it's unrealistic today to pin the success for uh, insurance fraud investigation and and deterrence strategies solely on criminal investigations and prosecutions by the police and Crown attorneys. It's just not realistic given all of the crime that they have on their plates today to tackle. Um, So what what we put forward is let's establish a set of provincial offenses that allow for the efficient and effective prosecution of fraud uh, and that lower the sort of sophisticated, high bar criminal burden of proof to one that's a little bit more manageable for insurance companies, for other investigative bodies, and for police and crown attorneys and the like. So just just as a a couple of examples, uh, you know, offenses could be, uh, you know, knowingly presenting a false insurance claim like a staged accident, uh, uh, altering or forging a document in the course of uh, making a claim in order to substantiate or heighten, uh, you know, uh, entitlement to a, a higher payout. Um, rate evasion, uh, which is something that's very common. So uh, providing false um, uh, information on the insurance application, like a false address in a lower risk-rated territory uh, in order to uh, lower the amount of premium one would have to pay. Uh, things like that, we believe, would, would, would help uh, alleviate uh, the administrative burden on, uh, you know, insurance companies in terms of reporting uh, uh, criminal fraud and in terms of the police and crown attorneys having to go out and investigate and prosecute it. The, the second um, uh, solution we've put forward is the establishment of a, a fraud database that uh, consumers can access uh, online um, uh, to ensure that they're dealing with reputable suppliers or professionals like body shops, towing companies, um, uh, medical practitioners uh, following an accident if and when they they need to have their vehicle repaired or their injuries treated or both. Who establishes Um, that list? Well, so that's 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 what would that's I think what we would have to talk about. But I think I think ideally it would be it would be uh, insurance companies getting together, agreeing on a set of principles and a governance framework that says you know, here is what, what it takes to get on this list as far as, uh, you know, uh, fraud offenses or, or past occurrences of fraud. Here is what it takes to get off the list if that's even possible. Uh, you know, here is how the list gets maintained. Here, here's how it gets updated. Here is how it gets communicated to insurers, uh, pardon me, to consumers so that they understand it. Um, so it's a seal of approval that would come from the insurance industry. Well, among others, perhaps, and certainly government would have a role to play in, in, in buying into this and, and agreeing that this is something that there's value uh, value for consumers. And to be clear, this isn't about telling consumers, you know, where or when they can't go to a certain facility. It's about providing them with information that will enable them to make informed choices about who they decide 
uh, to choose to provide those services for them in the context of their claim. Well, and uh, as your study points out, 88 or 86% of Ontarians support government and law enforcement agencies investing more resources to investigate and prosecute fraudulent claims. That's up from 78% just last year, 86%. Again, a high number. People are that uh, concerned about where this is all going, but they want the government and law enforcement in there. I guess uh, everybody's got to collude in this effort. And uh, if laws can be passed to, again, uh, some based on some of your recommendations, that seems to make just common sense. There is something else. I mean, actually, there's uh, two things. I was just curious. We were talking about risk-rated territories. Are there certain areas specifically, because I wanted to dial it back, you know, those Brampton politicians that want to see uh, the elimination of postal code premium pricing, uh, are there certain areas it's just incontrovertible fact that uh, in some precincts there's just more damage or fraud, fraudulent claims that lead to higher premiums? Uh, what do you see around the GTA? Who's uh, maybe the most egregious, uh, I don't want to say, uh, you know, breaker of the rules or, you know, but uh, where do you see it, uh, you know, problematic for the industry? Well, it's difficult to paint with a broad brush, John, but but I can tell you that the GTA in general uh, is one of the higher risk-rated territories in the country. Uh, and again, that's I, I think more than anything, that's related to uh, the simple concentration of people, the traffic patterns, certainly the the funky weather that we get now, now and then. But yes, fraud is absolutely a problem, and there's there are organized elements to it, and there are opportunistic elements as well, both of which place place a strain and upward pressure on, on our premiums. And finally, you know, it has been suggested too that sometimes, and maybe this is the cynical pr- uh, component of this, that this is just being used fraud as a convenient excuse for the insurance companies to hike rates. You say what? I, I say again that uh, the insurance industry's rate setting is is very closely regulated by provincial governments, um, and w- within that environment, uh, there are very specific reasons and conditions under which um, insurance companies can uh, can raise can raise rates. Uh, generally speaking, uh, when the cost of claims goes up or is expected to go up, for reasons that can be proven through data. Um, uh, the the cost of premiums go up as well to make sure that, again, honest customers and honest accident victims have the funds there to support them when they need them. But um, when that cost of claims is being driven upwards artificially by unchecked fraud, that puts undue pressure on the system, that that puts strain on finite resources, and that's simply not right for honest consumers everywhere. I think, and I think that's something your, your listeners can really relate to, or at least those of your listeners who, who drive. Um, you know, automobile insurance is, is mandatory. Uh, it's, uh, I think, probably more expensive than any of us would like. But, you know, we pay our premiums uh, because we want that, that peace of mind uh, to know that when we're in an accident, um, our, our collision damage will be covered, our injuries w- will be treated. The fact that there are there are people out there who um, are a small minority, to be sure, but who are acting in a very sort of sophisticated, organized manner to commit fraud, to game the system, and in so doing, are driving up the cost of of my insurance as a consumer. Because at the end of the day, I'm I'm a, an insurance consumer just like you and just like all all of your listeners. Mm-hmm. That's unacceptable to me as a consumer, and it needs to stop. I got you. I appreciate your time nonetheless, Chris. Thanks so much. Anytime, John. Thank you. You got it. Chris Lang again is a senior manager with the Aviva Fraud Project. 
Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 